0: Hey, folks, welcome back to Positive Mischief. Today we have Charles Barron from Amy, Senior Writer Producer. Say hi, Charles. Hello. There you go. (laughs) He cleaned up his beard just for this interview.
1: I I trimmed this beard today because I didn't want the viewers to think you were interviewing just some random vagrant.
0: They Um, can decide that after we're done talking.
1: Yeah, I'm a specific vagrant. Thank you very much.
0: That's right. That's right. Um, So as we've stated in a few other episodes on this show, we like to talk to creatives um, about how they think on the fly. Uh, We've got our little question random thing, so we'll get to that in a little bit too. But uh, this is really about a creative mojo, see how these folks think, how they process quickly um, and creatively. So uh, we've got Charles here we'll let Charles tell us a little bit um, about his day job in the form of how would you explain your job to a child? You have kids, I have a kid. So someone who's six, seven, eight years old, how would you explain your job to them?
1: Wow. It's funny because my, I don't even think my wife knows what I do and we work at the same company. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I, I, you know, it's so funny. I, I talk to so many people about what I do for a living and I've been doing this for a decade and a half and you just kind of end up always going towards the words that they know, like, Oh, you know, commercials. Cause you use the word promo and they're like, Oh, aren't those just automatically made by just pressing the promo, <laughs> promo button. It's the, promo button. It's the Easy button. The Easy button. Um, I, I would tell my kids and I had, I've told them before, like, do you know that bubble guppy show you love? Or do you know that, you know, uh, do the Explorer Show? Well, we make those things that make you want to watch that show and little nuggets, thirty second nuggets. I think that's the way I would subscribe, and I probably tell that to adults as well because yeah, they, <laughs> right. Unless you're working in marketing and specifically on air marketing, no one knows what you do. No What's well, funny?
0: Everybody sees it. Everybody sees. Everyone sees it every day, like multiple times within an hour of watching TV. And they're like, wait, promo marketing. Yeah, and yeah, it doesn't. That's not a button. You just don't like hit it and it goes. So
1: yeah, I wish. I wish I could use that button a couple times.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Could have done that a couple times just today. Thank you very much. Today, yeah. (laughs) Um, So we've got this idea, uh, positive mischief, the name of the show, and uh, Hugo. We like to make that part of how we do things. We want to be mischievous. We want to be fun and playful. We want to come at it from a a certain positive attitude, giving something back to the people that work for us, the people that work with us, that they can um, sink their teeth into in a positive manner. Not this, you know, not crazy mischief, you know, not mean mischief. So with that as the the backbone of this, um, what does that look like for you to be mischievous? And then what does that look like to be sort of positively mischievous in work?
1: Yeah, um I would say and you and I have talked a bunch of times even in meetings that happen every day, you know, try to keep it light, keep it fun. Um you know, I love joking around with my my coworkers and and my managers and everything like that. So, keeping that positivity and playfulness with the people you work for and work with is I think a huge part of, you know, that creative culture and that teamwork that you have to do every day um and to expand on that like i grew up reading tons of comic books that's kind of like how i got into the whole storytelling world uh learned to read with comic books my dad was a huge comic book collector and that extended into animation i just loved watching cartoons and stand up comedy so i just from a young age i think i've just instilled that playfulness in me and for better or worse i still have that <laughs> have um learning to use those traits over zoom and microsoft teams and you know because you're not in person as much anymore yeah no like the timing's different and you know you're reading people differently and Mm -hmm. and it's just um i think it's just such a, a huge component of what we do
0: do you think not being in person has hurt the creative process um i think a little bit i think a little bit um you know, I can speak
1: for my team and, and you know, our network that we've pretty much moved to a fully out of house, a fully like remote work environment. Mm-hmm. And I think in the beginning, it's, it's it was a challenge because you're not in that room with your team of writers, you know, I mean, I would love to think that I can do everything myself and oh my God, all these ideas just came out of my head and it's just it's just all me. I can just work in us. I can be siloed and just. <laughs> but no, that's, that's that's definitely not the case. You you need to bounce ideas off, and it's just different over email and over, yeah. and over Zoom. So I love being that. Having that in person energy goes a very long way. Um, I think we definitely kind of found a very good meeting place in between that. Um, you know, we we have you know for better or worse we have lots of meetings and lots of Zoom. And so we have that cadence now of right. a creative back and forth and sharing links. And isn't this funny and this funny? Um, I'm looking to do this. What do you think of this? So it's adaptation as we've all adapted in the last two years.
0: Yeah. I feel like there's the that 30 second meeting in the hallway that doesn't happen where things get a lot can get accomplished in those moments and you're just not gonna, and they happen impromptu. It's like, Oh, I, you know what? I have this just came to my head, you know? And, um, and I I wonder how we're, I don't know that we've been able to replace that or replicate that in this zoom culture.
1: No, no. Um, every day. And I did this even at, um, the other networks I used to work for as well. Every day I would go get coffee with my team and whoever wanted to come, not just on my team, but this was, teammates from, you know, from scheduling and from,
0: yeah,
1: from digital print, digital <clears> and <throat> print and, and, you know, PR. And we would, like you said, meet in the hallway and you want to get coffee later. And during those walks, like the positive mischief would be happening there and someone would have a great idea. And later on yeah. he would say, Oh yeah, I spoke to such and such about the show coming out and I have a great you know, launch promo idea for that. Yeah. And yeah, that has not been
0: replicated. Yeah, that's a hard one. Well, I think you you talked about the mischief of that. Like there's something that happens a, among the humans in general in general, but especially creatives, where there's a goofiness, there's a there's a playfulness, there's the you know kind of picking on each other sort of ribbing that happens that's really mm-hmm. hard to do uh via Zoom. It is a it's a natural thing. So when you do things like go get coffee, when you do things like go downstairs and get a donut those things, they come up, you know, you see something on the subway, you see something on the street corner and it just like leads to that automatic banter that makes things Mm -hmm. really great. And it's at that moment that it doesn't matter what you guys do believe in or don't believe in together. It just, it's just humans Mm -hmm. interacting in a playful way. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that we, that's a hard one. I think you said it, like we've had a hard time replicating that. So.
1: Yeah. And that's, and that's something that starts at a young age too. Like, you have a kid and I have two kids and, you know, I have an eight year old and a 12 year old. And I, I, I see that positive mischief that happens with them. Mm-hmm. I, I'm watching that dynamic between my son and his friends and ribbing each other. And, you know, <laughs> a few years ago, one would probably end up crying, but now it's, now it's like, you're, you're kind of building that shell of kind of sarcasm mm-hmm. and giving it back and forth. And and building on that. And that's how a lot of deep friendships are made Yeah. So, uh, with with the ribbing and the, and the, the one its, you know, mm-hmm. like, Oh, you said this, I said this, I said this. And I think it's, it's so important to start that at a young age as well. And it carries on into, if you end up being creative, it, it really helps you.
0: Yeah. Um, speak, speaking of uh, the sarcasm and, and joking and stuff, that's a perfect little segue into our, uh, our jester here. <clears throat> So I ask, I ask everybody that comes on if they've been to New Orleans and if they have, if they know what this is. Um, So have you and do you? You know, I've been to New
1: Orleans once for work a bunch of years ago.
0: Um, I do not know what that is. So this this holds a beverage and it's um, in New Orleans fashion. It is. uh, Has one goal, so we'll leave it at that. Uh, (laughs) But it's our perfect little icon for random questions for our guests. So in here, we've got a bunch of different questions. I know what they are because I helped to write them. Um, But I don't know what I'm pulling out. So we're going to start here with one of these for you. All right. See what we say. Um, Who's an artist in a completely different field who totally blows your mind? Wow.
1: There there's there's a lot. There's a lot. Um Freddie Mercury was one of my favorite, mm-hmm. is one of my favorite singers. And I think it's Freddie Mercury, David Bowie, and Chris Cornell, uh, may they all rest in peace. They were a huge influence on me. Um just I, I will still put their music on while I exercise and while I'm writing mm-hmm. scripts. Um just that energy that they had in their voices and their creativity like and being able to now show my kids these amazing artists these these singers it's um yeah I mean I would I would say I would say uh those three those three in a three-way tie
0: <laughs> <laughs> is there is there something um is there something iconic that when you think of any of those three First thing that comes to mind about each one would be what?
1: Uh, for Freddie Mercury, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, which I was introduced to uh, in the first movie of Wayne's World. That's probably a lot, of
0: people, it's a lot of a lot. of us were, yeah.
1: A lot of us were around the same age. Um, I mean, just the scope of that that piece of music and having my daughter, who's 12, who plays the drums, be completely obsessed with that song now. It's just like it's just yeah. it's just amazing. It's just amazing. And then David Bowie, I would say, um, maybe not a lot of people would say this, but the movie he started Labyrinth with uh-huh. all those like, again, a movie that we watch now that I watched when I was their age. It's just yeah. such a, it like being able to tie in the different generations in in love with this creative and that that movie was like. Him and his most David Bowieist <laughs> with the giant cod piece and the hair and uh, and then there's there's Muppets in it. That's like there's evil Muppets. It's yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, it is crazy. And then Chris Cornell now, I think I mean you know, we grew up with Soundgarden, but mm-hmm. I think now like he he's done a lot of great covers towards the end of his career and end of his life. He covered Billie Jean uh by Michael Jackson great rendition of that he covered um Sinead O'Connor and Prince's um Nothing Compares to You mm. and I mean try to listen to his version without tearing up it's just like it's impossible so
0: yeah
1: yeah those are the three that come I love mind.
0: that